Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. And welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about you, Mark. I've had a week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's just beginning? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's just kind of a rolling week that's been uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, no, uh, really busy. I don't know, as we're going into summer months, uh, work still hasn't really... <laughs> quieted it up. It's, it's good. I, I, I think. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm always glad when there's work to do. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it can be tiring. Yeah, it, make sure uh, you take some vacation or something. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's, it's always interesting doing some of these projects, uh, some of which are with clients that I've been doing for you know 15, 20 years in some cases. Wow. And. I'm reminded of, you know, some of the first projects I did with them and the mistakes that we made and the second project and how we made different mistakes and the third <laughs> and how we made different yeah. mistakes. But each time, you know, we, we learned the lessons and we kept building better stuff. So I, I guess that kind of makes me wonder what are what are the lessons that we've learned so far with, with this whole voice thing? And in some cases, how did we learn them the hard way? Oh, um, cause I, I don't know about you. I can think of <laughs> a bunch of mistakes made and you know, the next time we did a little better. Yeah. I, I'm not pausing because I'm trying to think of one. I'm trying to filter down. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I, I know, like, for example, early on, I uh, made mistakes like uh, keeping the, uh, the TTS code uh, you know, text right in with the, the code and having one big handler to, to handle it all. Um, and so over time, you know, it started coming up with different strategies to to, to move those apart and separate handlers into um, you know, individual or logical files, groupings, and uh, you know, how to handle helper files and how to, you know, some of the best practices that I've been doing in you know, software development for you know, 20 plus years on other platforms, um, then just bringing some of those into um, the, the projects that I've been doing. Yeah, I, you know, and I think that's, certainly an important thing to remember is that we're coming into this with 20 years and it's not always that different from other software that we develop. And in some ways it is. And we can, we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. um, but always keep in mind that we can, we can learn from elsewhere besides just what we've done. Yeah. And if you're brand new coming into this, then, you know, learn from our mistakes or learn uh, from our mistakes and, and make your own, you know, it, yeah, it's okay. Don't be afraid. You know, in fact, I, 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 that got me thinking about the first voice project that I did. Um, and one of the things I kind of went into it with making a whole lot of assumptions. And once I had to start implementing it, every single assumption was wrong, just completely wrong. You know, starting with I wanted to do audio streaming. And that's why it's, it's a big interest of mine. So I went in saying, well, okay, you know, the assistant and Alexa will be able to do audio streaming the same way. And at that time, Google didn't even do audio streaming. So I'm like, okay, so 
there's one thing I got wrong. Yep. And then when I went to, you know, I, I had a nice, I had a conversation designed out, you know, so I had worked and, and figured out exactly what the, the good path was and how I wanted it to sound. And I went to do that in Alexa and Alexa couldn't support it. And I'm just like, well, how, how do we do this then? And that's what got me starting to realize that it's more than just having similar features. It's right. you need to figure out what, what the differences are and play to the, each platform's strengths. Yeah, there's different uh, features that you can use um, based on the platform. There's, you know, it, there's definitely advantage if, if you can keep things as cross-platform as possible um, because that does save on work, but don't forget that there are strengths or you know, ways of doing things specific on the platform and, and you might just have to, to do that. There might, that might be, need to be the code that's different across the projects. Yeah. Um, to get the certain functionality, you know, like you can't really get to the text of what the user said um, on, on Alexa. You can, you can on Google and that's, uh, that could be helpful in certain situations. Right. And, and, and how many times have you, you know, did you go in assuming that you could and then suddenly discovered, Oh, right. I can't do that. Yeah, it, it, there's definitely some challenges going into language model, trying to figure that as, as that is new and, and that's really very heavy and one of the differentiators um, being a voice dev compared to other devs is is figuring out how the intents and utterances and slots and entities and dynamic entities and all that stuff play together, you know, and it's learning things like uh, state management and keeping context and uh, dialogue management and serving up variant prompts and, and messages and just there's just a lot to go into it yeah there is but you know again how did we how did we learn that because yep. there aren't many there aren't many books on the subject yeah a lot of it is is just going in with a like a project in mind and and going you know going for it and then hitting you know a roadblock or, or something that's not quite right and figuring out Oh, maybe I need to restructure this uh, instead of this slot type. I need to use this other slot type, or mm -hmm. I need to train my data better, or um, or come up with phrases that have different slot types and handle yep. figuring out which one was filled on the back end, or you know, working around the problems that we we stumble over. Yeah, like having uh, multiple intents that have a number in it um, <laughs> that, that you know, you're thinking, oh, well, I, in this case, I'm asking for the number of this. And in this other case, I'm asking for a count of that. And they're different. So they're different intents. But then it, it turns out that, you know, maybe you need to make a general number input intent that you're going to use in both situations um, and use something like state management to know that, oh, I'm in the context of this question versus this other question. So what kind of scenarios have you run into in, in trying to think about, you know, what lessons have you learned the hard way? So sometimes it gets easy to say, oh, I'm going to plug in. Um, I, I need to make this API call. Or in some cases, I need to make a couple of API calls. Um, and, oh, uh, at the last minute, I'm going to add in this uh, analytics package and, and you start you know, plugging things in and depending on how it's packaged up, it just seems like a library to you. But behind the scenes, there's probably an API call. 
And so uh, before you know it, then you're making multiple API calls in a short amount of time <laughs> that you don't, that you don't really have a lot of time. That's, that's another difference in, in voice development is that you have this seven, eight second window where everything has to happen and be packaged up and returned. Um, you know, plus you've got uh, keeping user state in a database. So that's a, you know, a read from the database and a write to the database, you know, all kind of have to keep in mind that this is part of a turn. And so coming into here, uh, even if you just have to kind of to, to draw it out uh, or, you know, even just like say, okay, at this point I'm hitting this and I'm going to call this, 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 and this, and then then start trying to figure out how many things you are calling. And if you have to do timings to try to figure out, Oh, am I going to be in trouble here? <laughs> yeah. What project did you run into that issue on? Oh man. Um, it was, it was one of my um, earlier, um, I guess uh, projects for, for a client where it was um, had to do about uh, keeping track of audio, but it's so it, so I even had that weirdness to it. But I had to make an API call to to for user state, and then I had to make an API call to get um, get some information. Uh, then there's like the, the the querying of the search result, and then maybe some like filtering back out of some additional content. Um, so like if you can do something like a GraphQL or something where you can make one query and, and get back multiple results um, together or, cause usually when you make a rest call, it's like, oh, I get the parent item. Now I'm going to make, make a call and get mm. the you know, child. And so in case, some cases you might need to make the first API call, cache the results um, because you're already gonna have the time that you need to, to, to get the user state and save the user state, that's already a database call that you're going to, to make all the time. And so if you can, it's, you know, if there's not a lot of results, you know, hundred or less or something like that, then you could cache those and, uh, and that saves you an API call and then just have a strategy for when you're going to, you know, refresh that. Refresh that, or, yeah. No, I ran into much the same thing when I was working on Voodoo Drive is this notion of, well, I want to be able to tell you what files are there, but I don't want to take the time to go ask the system what files are there. Yeah. So, you know, at what point do I store which files you have? And is that good enough? If you ask me for a file that you just created, am I going to be able to give it to you? And if not, how do I plan to give it to you? So, yeah. And my first attempts at that were, were poor. You know, they, they didn't take into account the fact that you could be creating files while you're talking to it. Yeah. And then they can, you know, and since it's conversational, they could, um, they could ask, you know, a, a previous question that would give you a, the list of things again. And that new thing has to be there. Yeah. Or then they start to wonder if, if you know, if something's broken or, you know, they right. did something is wrong. It, do, do, you know, is it not getting the data? Did I save it in the wrong place? You know? Yeah. So yeah, dealing with, with, how users expect to, to treat their data is, it, it was a tough lesson trying to figure that out and then refigure it out and then refigure it out again. How about the situation with when you have to have just a whole bunch of data? So you, know, you think, oh, you know, I know that I can't really present very much information. I can't, you know, don't want to present more than two, three, maybe four items in a list at a time. Uh, but what if you've got something that you're going through and you're giving 
the the user op options to say, would you like this or how about this or so you're kind of going behind the scenes. You're keeping a cursor and going from the first item and reading the summary and then the next item. But then, you know, how many items should be in that overall list? Is somebody really going to go through 100 items? Mm -hmm. Going next, next, next. Um, so do you, how do you do additional filtering or do you allow them to go previous and next, you know, through the, through and say first one, last one, kind of giving them clues like, oh, you've got 30 results. You know, the first one is right. this and keeping, you know, making sure that you're letting them know where they are in the, and you know, in the, in the process. One of the other things I had with that was again, the first time I was reading off a list, um, you know, the text to speech was just kind of running everything one into the other. Yep. So, you know, I needed to learn, okay, how do we add the pausing? Yep. Is a comma enough? Do I want to add my own pausing in between these items in the list? Yep. If I do, how do I do that? You know, and, and that's not always obvious. And, you know, certainly back at the start, it was very not obvious, but it sounded wrong. But I didn't know how to make it sound right. Yeah. No, agree. And, and, th and then, like, if you have a whole bunch of text, then do you just read? Because after a certain amount of time, even with some of the, the new... Um, like effects and stuff that you can do on Alexa to, to read it more like a, a newscaster or a, you know, a DJ or something to give some variation in, in reading off large chunks of text. Um, there is a point where that is too much. And so do you, you know, do you present a sentence, uh, a, two sentences as a summary and ask them if they want to read more? Do you still break that remaining portion into multiple chunks and say, da, 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 da. Um, you know, there's still more, would you like to continue, you know, mm -hmm. continue and reading or whatever. And then, you know, but give them points at different points. Like, okay, I've, I've, I've heard enough. I'm, I'm moving on or no, this is great. Yeah. Keep going. This is exactly what I wanted. And if it's data that you don't have full control over, yeah, you know, you could be, you know, there's a, a big difference between rattling off three numbers and rattling off three book titles. Yep. And how you handle those can be very different. And that's because it sounds wrong sometimes. And then you need to get into, well, okay, as a developer, how do I make sure that I can manage these two very different lists in some ways? Yep. But how do I send the output of them so that they reflect what they should be? And, you know, and again, that's, I'm not sure we have all the answers to that, but I remember the first time that I made lists and assumed that it was going to sound correct and it didn't because it was a different kind of list than the last list that I did Yep. that sounded fine. Yeah. When you, but you know, after you do it a while, you kind of start to get an ear. You can kind of just envision in your head how it's going to sound. Right. But um, at least for a one-off, but then it's always good to test it and see if that's how it really turned out. Right. But, but even knowing that, you know, when, when we write code to, to print lists normally, if we're showing them on the screen, the code to show them as bulleted lists versus numbered lists is not all that different. Yep. But the code to show, you know, the, the code to speak them in a short form versus speak something longer could be very different because the layout needs to be very different. Yep. 
And from a coding perspective, you may not know that the first time you go in and trying to copy your code that handles a list now needs to be completely changed. Yeah, something else that, that got me uh, towards the beginning is, is grabbing information. So sometimes you might, um, the source of your information might be an API, but the text might come out formatted kind of more for HTML yeah. or, or something. And remembering that SSML is XML based. So, you, you know, you st- some of the still the, the same um, notation for uh, an at sign and other things, um, ampersand, you need to, to format things. So, so, so you know, sometimes you might have to, to doctor up or, you know, run a, a nice regex on your text before, um, before yeah, character, you send it back. Yep. Character cleanups. Yep. No, that's an excellent point. So let me ask you, you know, even once all the coding is done, that's not the end, is it? Nope. And you know, how many, how many times have you written something you think is wonderful? You've tested it, your friend has tested it, you send it to the review team, and what happens? Oh, there's some something wrong. Some right. idiosyncrasy, something you're like, uh, or sometimes it's obvious, like, yeah, yeah, I should have remembered that. Or, or sometimes, you know, because you've, uh, if you've done this for a while, then you kind of get it, you're like, oh, I, yeah, I know this. But the certification guidelines change over time. And so you think you've got it. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm clearly within boundaries, you know, guidelines and stuff. And then you send it off and you're like, well, okay, that must, must have changed. And you go back and you read that section or something. And you're like, oh, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. One of my favorites, and I, you know, it seems like everybody gets this error from the Google review team the first time, is you've left the mic open. Oh, yeah, that one. Right. Everyone gets it. And nobody understands what it means. And Google has not clarified it in, you know, four years. <laughs> and it's, it's really just basically you haven't prompted the user to say something. Yeah. And, you know, once, once you learn that, that's, a, that's a, a weird lesson to learn, especially because, you know, you wait two days, you get this cryptic response back from the review team, and you don't know how to deal with it. And now you're a week behind where you wanted to be. So, yep. you know, that, that's always a hard lesson to learn. But once you learn it, you're like, oh, right. Got to always, you know, prompt the user or, the, you know, ask a question or make it clear what, what needs to happen. Yeah, or like your, um, your Lambda starts timing out and you're like, oh, I, let me check the, the settings for my Lambda. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a timeout after seven seconds, or I didn't increase the the memory size so that it's a faster, bigger CPU. Um, or one uh, again, you know, I've forgotten to return something, and for whatever reason, in this particular case, I missed returning anything. So now it, it crashes out because I didn't send anything back at all. Or you realize that you didn't set uh, some specific values in your environment variables in your production environment. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, that's a painful lesson to learn. Or like it's working, but then you go check the database and nothing's there because you're still pointing to the test development database. database. Yeah. <laughs> Moving from, from, from development to test to production is always a, a harrowing experience. Yeah, it is. And one of the things that I, I did early is I really um, started doing different environments. I've got my 
you know, my local dev environment, but there is something else that I want to deploy it to before I then uh, push it to production. Um, you know, especially if you're working on a team, because that gives me one environment to break things as much as I want. We've got a middle environment where we can set up a beta test or an alpha test. Um, and um, that's where other people are using it, testing it, giving feedback on. And then there's the thing that's in production. Yep. And again, that's one of those, once you've done it enough times, it makes, you know, it's, it's second nature. But the first time when you didn't do that, that's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, when you when you update something and, and, and it breaks something that's in production. Because yeah, breaking production always hurts. No matter what, you've you've pushed the production lambda. You know, development code to the production lambda. Yeah, and twenty years later, you know, there's always something you do that breaks production. Yeah, there's always but, a way to do it, and yeah. it's always easier than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and. Like we said before, it's not the end of the world. No, it's um, not. So yeah, you're going to make mistakes, uh, learn things. Um, and that's the important bit is you're going to learn those lessons and you're not going to repeat those and you're going to make brand new mistakes every time. And that's what's wonderful. That's why we love this, <laughs> this industry. So it's exciting. Always new ways to break things. That, that describes the job of a software engineer really well. <laughs> But it's also fun to fix it, and then it's it's you know there's lots of there's lots of good things with it. There is. I I, I love you know I still love what I do, yeah. as tiring as it can be, as frustrating as it can be sometimes. I still love it. Yeah, and too. I'm I'm always glad to see so many other people also enjoying. It. We could probably talk lots about this, and you know, maybe we will some other time just to you know gab about lessons learned or or things, but. Uh, yeah, I think this has been a good conversation, just kind of reminding uh, us of, of where we've come from. Yeah, where we've come from and, and reminding us that, you know, other people are just starting on that journey and yep. they can make mistakes. And just because they make mistakes doesn't mean that this isn't the right industry for them. Maybe it oh, is. Yeah. Maybe... yeah, please don't think that. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> I think above all, you know, pointing out that, you know, two people who have been doing this for 20 plus years can still make mistakes. Yep. You know, I, I really hope that people's takeaway from that is that it's okay. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll get past it, you'll learn, you'll make new ones. And that's the nature of our industry. Exactly. And there's always new things to learn. If you you know go into it and you're like, I I just don't know how to do this. Well, yeah, that's the unless you're doing a cookie cutter project where it's a lot of the same things over and over again, you're going to learn new things. Um and that's one of the things that I really do like about this is uh is that I get to learn new things every day. Yep, I agree. So well, on, on that, I think we want to hear your, you know, hear everyone's experiences on this. If people have things that they've done that they want to share, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we're just really excited about how the voice dev industry is going. So whether it's these uh, things that have caused you problems or your successes uh, or things that you've done that you want to share with others, uh, we're open to, to, you know, watching out what's, what you're doing and, and learning from you as well. So feel free to share with us. You can find us on Twitter or uh, place it in the comments below. And uh, if you'd like, we can talk about it a future time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. <laughs>